had a women's retreat several years back. Nardi blessed us with her creativity and had a little colorful painting drawn up. And it says, not Jesus loves me, this I know, but Jesus knows me, this I love. He is not far away. He's not. He knows you. He knows us. Every bit of it. Thank you, Jesus. He's all we need, right? This morning, he's all we need doesn't matter what we face. It doesn't matter what we're going through. He's all we need. And I love that that song says, I know you're near. Not I hope you're near. Not I think you're near. I know you're near. Because let me tell you something. We need to know he's near. He's near the brokenhearted. He's near us when we need comfort. He's near us when we need to be strong. His strength is our strength. His hope becomes our hope. His life becomes our life. And He's truly all that we need. Amen. Let's give God some praise in His place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your name, God. Thank you that you're in heaven, God, that you're ruling and reigning. No matter what the news is saying, <laughs> you're ruling and reigning. That kind of rhymes, rhymes. I might be a rapper. Probably not. Well, I got um, hopefully a brief word this morning. <laughs> Famous last words of every preacher. Um, but uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be here this morning with each and every one of you. Um, you know, I just, I love, I love to be a part of this family. I truly value each and every one of you here at Living Way for what you bring to the kingdom of heaven first and first foremost, but what you have bring and deposited to my life, to my family's life. And I just want you to know you are loved, you are valued, and you are home. If you, if you have never been to Living Way before, we want to say welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I believe that this place is one of the most accepting and loving places you'll ever find. You know, um, man, it is such a joy to be a part of the family of God. So this morning, um, last week, Ashley had started talking a little bit about prayer, and she went through the Lord's Prayer for just a moment, and she got to a section that, you know, we're all familiar with, says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this sparked something in me this week to think about, I say this literally, this prayer every night with my children. My children, we do the Lord's Prayer every night together. It's just something that my dad did with me growing up, and now I do with my children. But I really thought about that, your will be done. 
what happens when we don't know His will? How do we accomplish His will if we don't know His will? The good news is, is that He didn't leave us in the dark. This Word has His will imprinted all over it. All throughout it is His will. This morning, I just looked for things where in Scripture it specifically says that literally, word for word, this is the will of God. Or this is the will of the Father. And there's only four verses in Scripture where that specific phrase is used. This is the will of God. And so I'm not saying that His will is limited to the four verses I'm sharing because that would be silly. We know that everywhere that God is speaking, He's telling us His will. If He says, Thou shalt, that means He's willing it. If He's saying, Go, that's His will. We, we, we understand that His will is so vast. But I just want to talk about some places in Scripture where, where it's very clearly marked out for us that this is the will of God. So let's start with prayer this morning. Father, we thank You for this time together. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord, that You have left us everything that we need to know when it pertains to holiness, godliness, and, Lord, to completing our mission here on earth. Lord, I pray that you would anoint my mouth to speak, God, that you would speak through me, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would breathe in this place, that our hearts would receive from you, and that we would bear much fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first part of Scripture that we're going to talk about is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. It says... For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as a bondservant to God, honoring all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. I'm going to read that one more time in the end. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. And honor the King. Wow. That verse is packed full of some deep stuff. I'm just going to kind of scratch on the surface of this today. So I just, you know, I don't probably have the intellect to go too much farther than that. But notice that it says honor all people. Not just the people that we agree with. Not just the people that we like. We are to honor all people. Listen, this is hard. This is very hard. But Jesus didn't call us for easy. He equipped us for hard. Not in our strength, but in His. You see, Christ honored us when we were yet sinners. When we were the worst of the worst, when we had no love in our heart for Him, He sent His Son to die for us. He honored us. 
And because He's honored us, we can honor others. Because He's honored us, we can honor others. Freely we have received, now freely we can give. This is a responsibility that we have as believers. We must honor people. Listen, honor and respect are two different things. There's a difference between respecting someone and honoring someone. And, and the difference is very, very big. When we honor someone, it's about us and our relationship with God and seeing the intrinsic value that God has placed on every single person that He created in this world. We honor because He created them. Period. Exclamation mark. Period. That's how we honor people. Period. Now, respect is something different. Respect is something that is, is given through people. The Bible says you shall know them by their, their fruit. What their life produces. I'm not a judge, but I am a fruit inspector. And so are you. Respect comes from fruit. Because I can see the fruit, and then that fruit identifies the root. Amen? So we're called to honor all, but we're not called to respect all. There is a big difference, and I want to make that clear this morning. Because when we give respect and reverence to people who are not bearing the fruit of God, of His kingdom, we do a disservice to Jesus. Holiness is still important to God. It didn't come out of fashion. <laughs> talked about girls, talking about, you know, does this look good on me kind of thing. That's a big... Don't, yeah, uh, thank you, Jesus. But I hear a lot of that. That's not in fashion anymore in my house. <laughs> but let me tell you something. God's Word never goes out of fashion. His truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It will not change. And that is a great thing. Because we live in a time... In a, in a world where everything's changing all the time. You never know what's solid and what's sandy soil. But with Jesus, we know we're on the rock all the time. Love the brotherhood. Let me tell you something. There is an attack on the brotherhood. There's an attack of the brotherhood of Christ Jesus. And listen, listen I, looked, I looked this up in the Greek, and, and what it's referring to is it's, it's talking about the body of Christ. It's talking about that we've been grafted and adopted into a family. Brothers and sisters, co-heirs with Christ Jesus. No longer slaves, but sons to the Father. But there's an attack on this brotherhood, a love for one another. Listen, there's been an attack on us even coming together. If, if you haven't noticed, 
the impact that the COVID had has on the church. Churches are still empty all over this country. People have become comfortable sitting and watching through the, the comfort of their living room. But not having the brotherhood is a problem. We need to love one another. We need to seek out one another relationally as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us do not forsake the assembly. It's important, guys. We have to love one another. There's all kinds of things we can be associated to in this world. Fraternities. Different, different things, gangs and whatever, and things that people get caught up in. Even, even in the military. I can, I can have a, a brotherhood there. But let me tell you something, none of that compares to the brotherhood I have with you in Jesus Christ. All the other stuff is going to pass away. It's going to pass away. There's no Air Force in heaven. There's no Kappa, Beta, whatever in heaven. But there is the body of Christ. Amen? we got to love the brotherhood. Fear God. You know, sometimes we make this into something, you know, fear, that word, is, it's, it's respect. It's honor God. Honor God with our lives. Honor Him. Respect Him. You know, there's times where we will fear Him. <laughs> there's, there is a fear of God that is good. There is a holy terror that God brings. But listen, we live in a time of mercy. We live under the new covenant in Christ Jesus where when Jesus comes on the scene, we can be secure. We can go boldly, the Bible says, to the throne of grace. Where is God sitting? At the throne of grace. I don't fear His presence because I am Jesus's. He is in me. He is for me. He's saying, that's my boy. He's saying to you, that's my girl, that's my boy. We can trust that. We need to fear the Lord. We need to honor the King. Listen, we might not agree with the politics, the fruit. What did I talk about? Respect and honor. We might not agree with the fruit that is going on in our leadership, in our kingship on this earth. But that doesn't change our honor. Remember, that's why I wanted to make, make it very clear there's a difference between respect and honor. Whether I, whether I have any respect at all for policies or whatever that is going on does not allow me to switch my honor off for someone. Amen? Honor. The second scripture that it talks about the will of God is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. And we're going a little old school, so we'll just be either trusting me or flipping through your Bible, whichever one, or your phone. 
1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this manner. Because the Lord is the avenger of all who do such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but into holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. You know, going through this, I found it interesting that, that one of the scriptures that deals with the, the phrase, for this is the will of God, deals with sexual immorality. Sexual purity has always been and will always be an important thing to God. We live in some very strange times when it comes to sexual immorality. We have, we have sinful sexual lifestyles that are not only accepted, but promoted. They are elevated. And listen, it doesn't matter what society says, it doesn't matter what the culture says. It's still sexual immorality. It is still unacceptable in His kingdom. The good news is, is that we're not conformed to this world. We are foreigners in a strange land. And we're going to feel like foreigners as long as we're walking with Jesus. And we're going to see culture shift only if we stand for truth. We can't bend our knees to the statues they're erecting. But it might mean we face a fiery furnace. It might be people badmouth you. It might mean that people persecute you, say all kinds of evil about you. Say that you're full of hate because you tell someone the truth in love. Let me say that one one more time. The truth in love. Love has to be with truth. And truth has to be with love. They work together. Listen, God's not a prude. His first commandment to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1 and 28 was to multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. God made sex, and it's a wonderful thing God made. It was God's plan, not man's plan. So we have to dispel the shame and all the other silliness that, that maybe the church has, has veered into wrong, wrongful thinking when it comes to sex. And we have to say that sex is the plan of God for the earth. But here's the thing about sex. Sex has to be in the confines of covenant. It has to be. When sex is cherished and placed in the confines of marriage, as God defines one woman and one man, we can live free of the shame and addiction that comes from sexual immorality. 
The Apostle Paul, he equated sex to a burning fire. In 1 Corinthians 7, 9, it says, But if you cannot exercise self-control, then get married. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. See, fire, like sex, it's a wonderful thing. God made mankind to, to... God made fire to warm us, to warm our homes, to cook our food, to purify our water. And the list goes on and on and on, the things that fire actually does for us, the good that fire does. But for fire to be safe, it requires containment. It requires like a fireplace, a stove, some kind of a heating element. The same fire that can warm our home when it's placed in a stove or a fireplace can burn our home to the ground if it's set in the middle of our living room. See, God put the fire, the the desire for sex in us to be contained in the confines of marriage. Where it is safe. Where you can have true intimacy. If you find yourself this morning struggling with pornography, lust, adultery, fornication, here's the news. There's freedom today. There is freedom for you today. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, as far as I know, all means all. Unless the definition changed. All unrighteousness. It doesn't matter what you think, how bad it, it is. Listen, God can cleanse all. But we must repent and return to God's plan for sex. Then He will restore and forgive and bring us back into a place of purity before Him. We can't bypass repentance, guys. None of us can bypass it. It's a gift from God. Repentance is a beautiful gift from God. The next thing where it talks about the will of God is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and me. That is the will of God for, for us, to rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, and in everything to give thanks. Now, in the Greek, I'm not going to share the words because I'm not a scholar and I will butcher these words, but rejoice means to be cheerful, to be happy, to be glad, to be well. You know, I talked about the Eeyore spirit last time I got to, to, to share about hope. Listen, the Eeyore spirit's not very glad, he's not very happy. He's not cheerful. (laughs) 
We have to learn to rejoice always. That's the challenge, guys. That next word, rejoice always. <laughs> when the check you were expecting doesn't come through, rejoice always. <laughs> when the tax man sends you the audit list, rejoice always. It's easy to be rejoiceful when everything is good. When everything's going our way, it's so easy for us to rejoice and be glad. But here's the thing. This is how we know we're walking in the will of God is that when things are not going our way, are we still rejoiceful? Are we still glad? Do we say it is well with my soul? Pray without ceasing. You know, I, I looked up the word ceasing because I'd never done that word search. And it says, uninterruptedly, without an omission, meaning it's for all occasions. There's never a time where it's inappropriate to be praying. God wants us to be praying all the time about everything. What is prayer? It's simply communication with God. It's simply including God in every single thing that we face without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Thanks means to be grateful. Listen, an attitude of gratitude will change your life. There is something about being grateful that unlocks the kingdom of heaven for us. You know, we've all worked around people who are the um, disgruntled employees that are literally grateful for nothing. The only thing that they can think about is the negative 24-7. But it, they do not talk they're not grateful for anything that's in their lives. How many of those people usually get promoted? Very few. In fact, they usually end up getting fired. <laughs> Listen, we, we have to become a people who are so grateful. Paul talked about that he would be content in all things, whether he's doing great or whether he's being beaten half to death, I'm going to be content in Jesus. And I'm going to be grateful. Grateful for the good that's in my life. Grateful for every little thing that I have. <clears throat> we lose out on the joy that we're supposed to live in when we don't live in gratitude. When we're always saying, I'll be happy when I get this car, when I have this job, when this happens, I'll be happy then. Let me tell you, that that's a lie. Not only will you not be happy then, you'll not be happy getting to that point either. That is the enemy literally stealing your opportunity to live with joy and peace. I call it destination disease. 
when I reach that destination, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be glad. Then I'll be grateful. Don't buy the lie. When we buy the lie, we empower the liar. The last thing this morning in Scripture is in John chapter 6, verse 37 through 40. And Jesus said, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will no no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all He has given to me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up in the last day. And this is the the will (coughs) of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up on the last day. Wow. Two times in this one reference, he talks about the will of the Father. Thank you. So, what's the will of the Father? That he would not lose anyone. Listen, this is the stuff in Scripture that I don't know how people believe in predestination. That God has somehow excluded some. Because in Scripture it says that He would lose none. It says that His will is that none should perish. Either He has to violate His Word to live up to this predestined theory, or God wants everybody to come to Jesus Christ. Everyone is being called. None are excluded. Amen? This is a good, good Father that we have. It's a good Father. And listen, this is the hope we have that we will be raised up on the last day. (laughs) I was listening to that song the other night. Ain't no grave going to hold this body down. If he got out of the grave, I'm coming out too. I will be raised up and so will you. Because we put our faith and our hope and our trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. It's his will that we have everlasting life. Thank you, God, that your will. It's your will that we live with you forever. Listen, this morning, it's the will of God for you to rest in the assurance of your salvation in Christ Jesus. That's the will of God. That you would live in the peace that you can have knowing that Jesus is enough. He's enough. He's enough. If you missed it on Tuesday... He's enough. If you miss it on Wednesday, He's enough. Jesus is enough. He is our assurance. 
He's our ticket. And his, his promise is that on the last day, his ticket's good. It's good. It's good. So let's stand this morning. I'll, I'll invite our, our leaders up to the front. You know, I never want to assume that everybody has made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of their life. But I want to tell you, if you have not made that decision, that today's your day. Don't leave this place without knowing Jesus as your Lord. There's so much that He has for our lives. There's so much peace. There's so much joy that only comes in relationship with Jesus. Lord, we thank You for this time. We thank You, Lord, that Your will is not hidden from us, God. We thank You, Father, that You have given us everything that we need to live this life, to, to accomplish the mission that You have called us to live, God. Lord, I pray a blessing over every single person this morning that they would walk out of here with the assurance that they have as sons and daughters to You, Father. Lord, I thank You that You are for us and You're not against us. That You came to give us a future and a hope, Lord. And that, Father, that we can trust You. We can trust that You will empower us to be grateful people, to live in hope, to demonstrate Your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday or... Or soon. <laughs> Love y'all.